Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Live Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at wwcfl.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest. Welcome to Life Talk Northwest. I'm Dan Kennedy, former CEO of Human Life of Washington, and I'm your host today on Life Talk Northwest. We're going to be talking about the abortion laws in Washington State, how Washington ranks in the nation from a pro-life perspective, and to help us do that, we have Katie Glenn from Americans United for Life. Uh, Katie Glenn serves as Government Affairs Counsel at Americans United for Life. She works with legislatures, pro-life, and pro-family groups to enact pro-life laws at the state and federal level. She writes and testifies on all of AUL's issues across the United States. She is an associate editor of Defending Life and plays an integral role in AUL's let me find my place here. Integral role in AUL's growing advocacy in Latin America. She contributes to AUL's active amicus brief practice, including the brief AUL filed on behalf of 228 members of Congress in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, which is the case from last week. Before the Supreme Court, Americans United for Life can be found online at AUL. Dot org And I can tell you, as CEO of Human Life of Washington, I found AUL's annual report invaluable for laws in every state. And uh, welcome, Katie. Great to be with you. Why don't you, uh, I gave you just a brief introduction uh, for AUL. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Americans United for Life? So uh, Americans United for Life has been around for 50 years. Um, we were started by some attorneys in Illinois who were arguing um, one of those other cases like Roe v. Wade that was headed towards the Supreme Court, the Texas Roe case beat them there. Um, but defending that right to human life um, in the late 60s and early 1970s. Um, so that's what we've been doing for the past 50 years. Uh, for my role with government affairs, I get to be the person with the 50-state view. There's no state we've given up on, even Washington, where we think that <laughs> we can enact life-affirming policy. So I will say I was really excited that um, two of your members of Congress, uh, Congresswoman McMorris Rogers and Congresswoman Herrera Butler, were both able to join us at the Supreme Court last week. Yeah, they are uh, pro-life, and at Human Life, when we supported our national candidates as well as our state candidates, they were two that we endorsed uh, as well. And uh, yeah, th that is good. Now let's let's talk a little bit about uh, how you see the Dobbs case. Well, you know, this is a case where. Uh, Mississippi passed a law saying we do not want abortions in our state after 15 weeks. And they said, we know that the Supreme Court in, in Casey created this viability framework that said states can't prohibit abortion on the basis 
of, um, you know, the idea that the child's interests don't attach until that mysterious viability line that keeps moving forward with advancing medical technology. Mm-hmm. Mississippi said, we've got other reasons why we need to move that line forward. And they spoke about that in their legislation. And those were, you know, some of those interests that uh, Solicitor General Scott Stewart uh, defended in court, which are, you know, the idea that their science is pretty clear that the child feels pain as early as 12 weeks, but certainly by 15 or 16 weeks. Um, the fact that the complication rate and the harms to the mother um, significantly increase every single week of pregnancy. So by 15, 16, 17 weeks, um, the likelihood of her having serious health problems with this late-term abortion uh, is way, way higher than earlier in pregnancy. And, you know, the fact that by that point in pregnancy, a dismemberment abortion that literally tears a living child limb from limb is the kind of horrific uh, procedure that, we should not be encouraging or allowing to happen. You know, those are the big reasons Mississippi cited. And they said all of these mean that, you know, all of these are compelling, they're important to our state, and we should be allowed to pass laws, um, you know, in, in line with these interests we have. And it seems like, you know, several of the justices are inclined to, to be open to that argument in a way that we haven't seen before. Yeah, you know, the Roe case, uh, first of all, <clears throat> it ignored the science to begin with. Uh, you know, we know that life begins at conception, and, and science knew that in the 1800s. Uh, so Roe, in several ways, is kind of a Stone Age decision. Uh, and I found it interesting in listening to, to the oral arguments that the other side argued social policy. They didn't argue the Constitution. Uh, they argued social policy, and it was it was obvious, I think, to a lot of people that um, you know that they didn't have a constitutional argument. And when when you think of the things that, for example, how many pro-abortion constitutional scholars say, "Yeah, this is you know it's a flimsy decision," and Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, "Yeah, this is you know flimsy decision." Uh, it really was obvious in in the oral arguments. I thought. Um, what was your impression of the oral arguments from their side? I think uh, you're exactly right. It was more of the same. They didn't present any new information and, in fact, uh, relied on old, outdated information, like saying there have been no scientific advancements in ultrasound or in neonatal you know, care, which is just, it's outrageous. No, Nobody thinks that's true, and I know there was a group of doctors who filed an amicus brief in the case where they did a side-by-side with a picture of an ultrasound from 1973 that, you know, kind of looked like a clump of cells, and then a 4D ultrasound from 2021, and it's night and day. So I think, you know, we heard a lot of the same old recycled arguments that haven't been terribly persuasive. They certainly haven't persuaded the American people who have never given up on this. And, you know, Justice Breyer referenced, like, the people decided this when the court decided this in 1973. That is news to the millions of Americans who march in the March for Life, who donate to pregnancy centers, who lobby their members of Congress. You know, none of those people agreed to this. That's what the court wanted to do in 1973, but it's completely failed. And I think, you know, it's, it's proof that this case was never settled and that, 
uh, it's got to be overturned. Yeah, you know, the, the um, uh, Roe decision was a <clears> – <throat> wasn't based on constitutional law. It was a policy decision that – that seven members of the Supreme Court decided that this is what the policy ought to be, uh, and we'll make up uh, some sort of thing to say to t- try to tie it to the Constitution, and they usurped the legislative uh, process of every state in the union. As a result, um, and you're right, the people never gave up on it, and. Uh, you know, I know they wished it would have gone away, that that would have made it settled, but it isn't settled any more than slavery was settled. And uh, and here it is today, and we have made tremendous progress. Um, and I always found, you know, Americans United for Life is key in, in the working of state legislatures in <clears> – <throat> model laws on okay this is this is the way to you know write a law about this or that or the other thing it was really a valuable resource for us in the pro-life community so i compliment americans united for life for that it uh, really um they have some some very sharp people <laughs> and we appreciate that <laughs> well thank you <laughs> So let's talk about uh, Washington's law. Uh, you know, it's an ugly thing, but we got to talk about it anyway because that's where we live. That's where I live. Uh, why don't you tell us? You told uh, where exactly do we rank now? So we just released our 2022 rankings. Unfortunately, Washington State is number 45 out of uh, 50 states. Well, that's actually so. moved up from from where it was when I first got to Human Life. I can tell you that. That was well, back in 2000, you know. Some of your uh, fellow states at the bottom have moved even lower than y'all. <laughs> um, but, you know, Washington is one of those states where um, you've got uh, legislation that is called a Freedom of Choice Act. So this is a statutory uh, law in Washington that maintains a right to abortion, even if Roe is overturned. So we are hearing a ton in the news this week about those states that have laws that would, uh, you know, immediately prohibit almost all abortions. This is kind of the opposite of that. It says regardless right. of what happens with Roe, um, we will have abortion throughout pregnancy in Washington state. And, you know, a couple of the other states that, that had laws like this uh, have recently changed that. So Montana passed a 20 week law this year that's going through the court. Uh, New Hampshire passed a 24 week law this year. So you guys are really at the bottom, unfortunately, but there's only one way to go, and that's up. Right, and we can do that, and uh, which is why elections are important. And it was the state, it was the voters in the state who passed Initiative 120 and codified, in essence, Roe v. Wade. And if Roe is overturned, as you said, nothing in the state of Washington will change. It will be abortion up to birth. And... Uh, so, you know, they can't use scare tactics. Up. Well, they can on the ignorant, I guess. Um, but this is an opportunity for us. And not only is it an opportunity, but it's critical that um, we elect pro-life candidates. That we, and there are, you know, even if we have to take a very small step-by-step process here, um, a gradual process, um, it's worth the effort. 
And there are several very good pro-life legislatures, uh, excuse me, legislators that we worked with over the years are willing to do their part. They just need some help in the legislature. So uh, we are in, um, unfortunately, one of those states where, where uh, that's the case. Other states, as you mentioned, um, they have pro-life laws that are now enjoined by the courts. Uh, what will be the process for them if if uh, Roe is overturned? Well, it's going to be a little bit different state to state. Some of them say, um, you know, I, I know that there's one that says um, it would go into effect 30 days after we get the court decision. Okay, 30 days after. Um, but there are others that say that they would potentially need the state attorney general to weigh in to determine has this case actually fully overturned Roe? Because the court, even if they do overturn Roe, it may be, um, you know, not explicitly said. It may right. be more like they've created a new rule, which is sort of what, um, you know, some states thought happened in June Medical Services, the case last year, where, um, you know, Arkansas went back to court and said, we think there's a new test. And, and we think that, our laws should go into effect because of that, and they were successful. So we'll see a lot of that, states going back to court and arguing that these injunctions should be removed or that these um, you know, conditional laws go into effect. So they will have to be relitigated in some cases. Um, and in other cases, you say the attorney general can probably make a determination. Um, the Supreme Court rarely lays out something really clearly. Uh, <laughs> And We're not I, that fortunate. <laughs> yeah, and I suspect, you know, that that may be the case. It will be one of these, well, this obviously does overturn Roe, but it wasn't uh, explicitly stated, and uh, there will be this haranguing and arguing and uh, some some additional litigation. And uh, what, has, what has been the, the fear factors uh, presented by... Uh, well, we're going to have to. I want to. I want to talk about the other side's reaction to the court case, and the kind of thing that uh, that they're doing. But we're going to have to take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm speaking speaking with Katie Glenn, uh, Government Affairs Counsel for Americans United for Life, and you're listening to Life Talk Northwest. Loving God, please grant me peace of mind and calm my troubled heart. Give me the strength and clarity of mind to find my purpose and walk the path you've laid out for me. I trust your love, God, and know that you will heal this stress, just as the sun rises each day against the dark of night. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Welcome back to Life Talk Northwest. I'm Dan Kennedy, your host, and we're speaking with Katie Glenn, Government Affairs Counsel for Americans United for Life, and we've been discussing how if Roe is overturned by the Dobbs case, uh, nothing will change in Washington State, and there are some other states that are pretty blue, deep blue. Uh, so, Katie, what is, is, is do you have a strategy uh, to help out us weak people out here <laughs> in those those who, who happen to live in the missionary country of blue states? 
Well, we are not giving up on anybody. <laughs> so we think that there are opportunities to build consensus and enact life-affirming policy everywhere. And I think one of the things in particular that we are, you know, looking at and, and speaking to lawmakers and pro-lifers all across the country, and especially in some of our bluer states, is, um, you know, information, providing women with, with better information. Uh, I know a couple of states have passed recently laws where when a woman gets a Down syndrome diagnosis in the womb, immediately she's provided with resources. These are, these are programs that already exist. This is not new money, although... We always support, you know, increasing that type of help sure. for families. Sure. But it's instead of getting this diagnosis that is surprising and maybe you're a little overwhelmed, you don't know what, you know, what this means. Instead of immediately doctors pushing, saying, get an abortion, which right. happens way too frequently, here are resources for you. You are not alone. There are people who can help you. Uh, and providing that in English and Spanish or whatever languages are appropriate for your state you know this is an opportunity to say like we welcome this child into life and we want to stand alongside these mothers and these families and i think that's the kind of thing that really helps us humanize the child and 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 you know come against that criticism that we are only quote Mm pro-birth we know that's not true but these are the kind of policies where we can really put that into action so th- there is a, a strategy of there are things we can do that are important for uh, uh, life and health of the unborn and of the mother uh, and the circumstances they find themselves in that may not necessarily uh, do away with legal abortion in states like Washington, but they start... Um, Tilling the ground, I guess, would be one way of saying that uh, that that are necessary, that are good laws in themselves, and that are a way of kind of building this uh, this ladder into eventually getting to where we want to be, which is the respecting of life in all of its uh, human life in all of its forms and dignity. Uh, because yeah, is... every time we oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Uh, every time that we remind people, especially people who are pro-choice, um, about the humanity and the dignity of that child, um, we chip away a little bit at all the lies that have been built up about what abortion is. And so I think that's something that, you know, <laughs> as someone who recently left, you know, deep, deep blue Washington, D.C., um, <laughs> you know, there are always opportunities there. Uh, as well, to just be a witness to life. And I think these are the types of laws that you don't know who in in the, you know, pro-choice caucus has had a bad experience and has, you know, felt that pressure who, who could come alongside us. Yeah, you know, that, that is really critical. As long as they can keep abortion in kind of an abstract context, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, then they can use all their euphemisms. <laughs> but if you put it in the c- concrete kinds of things, that's what ultrasound does, for example, and that has made a huge difference. So, again, that reminds people of the humanity, as you said, uh, of the child that we're dealing with. That weakens uh, the pro-choice side, 
uh, and it is the right thing to do. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a strategy, I think, that is uh, uh, that AUL is working on. I think that is very valuable for, for those of us in, who live in blue states and legislators in particular who live in blue states. So um, what do you see on the horizon um, and, and what other kinds of things is, are Americans United for Life working on? Well, you know, it's really our hope that this question does get returned to the states. And we know that that, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways will be just the beginning as we enter mm-hmm. our uh, sixth decade of life as an organization, that if this goes back to the states, um, you know, more fully rather than just sort of the arguments we can have in the second half of pregnancy with this viability standard, that there will be states like Arkansas and Louisiana and Texas with very few abortions. And then there will be states like Washington and Colorado and New York that, that have a lot more and it will change the fights that we're having. But I think, you know, the best evidence we have that a world without Roe is a better world is going to come from people actually being able to live that out. And we're already seeing in Texas as their uh, heartbeat law has been in effect now for three months that you know, people are stepping up. They're coming alongside their neighbors. The pregnancy centers are ready. They're helping. Um, the calls they're getting are through the roof. Um, almost nobody is skipping appointments. So we're seeing that a post-row world is possible, and I think that can really be an example for the other states. Yeah, that that is interesting. Um, I had not yet heard about um, the uh, pregnancy centers in, in Texas, uh, but that certainly does make a lot of sense that the that – um, you know, that, that uh, those who aren't going to go out of state to try to find an abortion, that, that maybe at first, uh, even if eventually they might, uh, if at first they give, uh, they get additional information, if they get to a pregnancy center, uh, maybe if they get an ultrasound, because we know how, how much ultrasounds affects the abortion decision, uh, it can really have... Uh, huge impact. And uh, it will be an adjustment. It will be um, kind of a transformation. But it's, uh, and, it, you know, there may be some problems, but the transformation in this instance is uh, something that's that's always good. And um, it gives all pro-lifers an opportunity to step forward and say, you know, we're here to help and uh, and and to help. So I, I well, and you mentioned uh, oh, <laughs> some of those outdated stereotypes that came up in Dobbs. One of those in, in 1992, the court said women rely on abortion to have a fulfilled life. A lot of the women have, you know, made decisions around the fact that they could get an abortion. Um, <laughs> the number of women getting abortions is decreasing. The abortion rate has decreased almost every year since 1992, mm-hmm. which is a great thing. So already the, uh, you know, demand uh, is far lower than the supply, and that's why the industry is absolutely freaking out about this case and about all the work we're doing. So, you know, in Texas, they have very good data. They put it out every month. The abortion rate drops by 50%. It literally cut in half in September of 2021 from September 2020. So we are getting to see what this looks like, a world with far fewer abortions. And, 
we're getting to see kind of laid bare that these businesses, uh, as much as they try to say abortion is 3% of what they do, it's a lot more than that. And, and they're not stepping up to help women who are going to be parenting. Yeah, you know, uh, and in 2020, that was in the midst, in September was in the kind of in the midst of all the chaos in society and the pandemic. And, and uh, you know, it was interesting that here in Washington State, of course, and in other states as well, blue states in particular, um, that, uh, you know, abortion centers were allowed to remain open uh, because they were considered an essential service, unfortunately. Um uh, so that is that's a that's a terrific statistic, um, uh, Katie. We have I'm speaking with Katie Glenn, Government Affairs Council for Americans United for Life. Katie, we have uh, just a couple of minutes left here. Um, what thoughts would you like to leave us with? Um, I guess just you know don't give up. <laughs> I know it can feel um, discouraging, overwhelming, <laughs> yeah. and discouraging when you live in a deep blue place and you feel like there's so much against you. Um, but each of us has the opportunity to help in our community, in our churches, with our neighbors, um, and you never know who who is going to call upon you if they feel that you're open to that. Um, I had that experience pretty recently, and you know. It was not a moment to say, yeah, I told you so, when a friend <laughs> right. who is very pro-choice reached out for help finding a pregnancy center for someone she knew. Wow. You know, that was a moment to say, like, everything I've been doing has been leading up to this point of being able to help someone. And so all of us can do that, no matter the politics of where we live. Well, that is, you know, that's, uh, that is so true. We don't know what opportunities await us the, uh, to work on behalf of the unborn uh, just on a one-to-one -one basis. If someone, um, you know, wants information or someone says, here's my circumstances, you know, to be able to hold out your hand and say, you know, I'll help you in any way I can. And uh, let's talk about resources or let's look for resources or uh, you know, another great organization we've had on is Students for Life, and they have a website that for every state around every college and university, all the resources that are available for pregnant students. Um, so those are all key to moving forward. Uh, and we can only hope and pray that this uh, Dobbs case is the one that ultimately breaks the... Uh, the straw that breaks the camel's back, and uh, Roe is overturned. And, uh, you know, you may hear a lot of screaming and hollering and that kind of thing, but not much will change immediately, and nothing will change for states like uh, blue states like Washington State. So, uh, Katie, it has been a real pleasure. The time has just, uh, just flown by, and I can't tell you how much I, as CEO of Human Life of Washington, how much I appreciated the annual report that, that you sent out and how often uh, we ask for model legislation from Americans United for Life for our legislators to work on. So it has been a real pleasure, a real delight, and I'd love to have you back at some point, particularly after we find out what the decision is on Dobbs and uh, where we go from here. So thank you well, for thank being you here. thank you so much. 
Thank you. And all of those um, reports and records, we spent the last year of COVID digitizing them. So you can get all of the up-to-date information about Washington, Idaho, all the states in the Northwest um, on AUL.org. Oh, wow. That is great. That is great. Um, and I would say for our listeners, uh, go out and sign on and take a look at the, the laws in Washington State. You can go state by state. You can look at where we rank. Uh, it, is, um, it is a real uh, resource for pro-life people. So it has been a pleasure and uh, it, I am thankful for our listening audience. You've been listening to Life Talk Northwest, and we've been speaking with Katie Glenn, Government Affairs Council for Americans United for Life. And again, you can find them on aul.org online. And blessings to all of you. Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Life Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at wwcfl.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest.